will uh, please stand with us. Find a way to get comfortable around the chair there. Move it out of the way <clears throat> so that you can worship along together with us this morning.
Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Well, if this is your first time at Northside, this isn't usually how we do worship. It's a little bit different. Um, I don't think we can do a traditional welcome. Most of you probably can't even move. So here's what I'm doing. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to look at the people at your table and just say, I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful you're here. You got 10 seconds. Go. Well, good morning. We're very thankful that you're here to worship with us. Hopefully, everyone that wanted to find a seat at the table has been able to find uh, a seat at the table. Um, and if you see other people come in and you got room, you may want to motion to them and let them know that they can, they can sit with you. Well, this is your first time with us. I know we have some first-time visitors today. We're so thankful that you are here. You're our guest, and we want to be able to just to love on you and to encourage you and pray for you any way that we can we would appreciate if you would let us know this is your first time. There's two different ways you can do that this morning. One is you can, there's a QR code right in here. You can scan that, fill out a, a simple form, or there are some uh, connection cards out at the welcome desk. If you would take a moment and fill that out, we would greatly uh, appreciate it. So today is the day that we get to have our lunch together, and so we'll give you some instructions at the end uh, of the service, but just to give you a heads up on one thing, when I come to point number three in my sermon, some of you ladies that Robin have, have talked to, you're going to get up when I come to point number three, and you're going to go out and make sure the food's ready and the lids are off. So when we come to point number three, I'm probably just going to take like a 10-second break to let those ladies do that, and then we'll continue with the sermon. So when I get to point number three and they go, that doesn't mean we're almost, well, we're almost done, but it doesn't mean we're done. So don't follow those ladies. Don't be like, oh, I think Robin asked me when she didn't. Men, we're not asking you to go, just a few of you ladies. So if all of you leave, then you did not listen to the instructions very well. So please don't do that. Um, some things I want you to pay attention to uh, in, in the bulletin. One is we got the meal. We'll give you some instructions. When the meal is over, we're not cleaning up in here. We're going to do that tonight. Um, so don't start putting chairs or tables away. Just leave everything the way it is in here. Youth. Um, we're going to meet in here about 5.30 once Awana gets started, and the youth are going to be in here tonight helping us uh, get things back. You see a quarterly conference, a couple women's opportunities for you, a membership class. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently this time. We're going to meet during Sunday school. Um, on December 5th at 9.30, we're going to have breakfast. We'll meet in the Fellowship Hall. So if you have joined since our last meeting in April, or you are interested in becoming a member of Northside, that's for you. Even if you haven't joined yet, but you've been attending and you're interested, you want to learn more, on December 5th at 9.30, meet in the Fellowship Hall. We'll have breakfast um, for you. And one other announcement is our shoeboxes are due back in two weeks. Uh, so you want to make note of that. And also we have two different times in the bulletin for you to go actually help. We got rid of one of those times because nobody had signed up. That's the November 27th. So the only day that we're serving together is on the 11th, and we still have some slots left. So you can scan that code um, and sign up for, for that day. But before we pray for those boxes, um, check out this video about the boxes. 
am Isabella McMillan and I received an Operation Christmas Shad shoebox gift in Romania when I was 13 years old. My shoebox allowed me to understand God's unconditional love for me. And I understand firsthand the impact of a shoebox as it started me on a lifelong journey of discipleship and multiplication. Today, I want to pack a shoebox with prayer so another child can understand God's unconditional love for them. But I am not packing alone. I have some friends here to help. Edible item. And maybe put something like a slinky. Remember to pack school supplies. Add a special toy. A few hygiene items. Everybody needs a new toothbrush. Maybe add a flashlight. Always make sure to include a letter and a photo. Wow, look at this shoebox, beautifully and intentionally packed with a lot of care. I love seeing how every single item means so much to those who packed it. And now it's time to finish off our shoebox with a label and a donation. And of course, we can't send off any shoebox without prayer. So let's pray. Mert Isten úgy szerette a világot, hogy az ő egyszülött fiát adta, hogy valaki hiszen ő benne elveszen, hanem örök élete legyen. Amen. And now it's your turn to go and pack a shoebox. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning as we focus in on being thankful, having a heart of gratitude, Lord, Lord, part of that is as people who have been so blessed through Christ and have given so, been given so many just material blessings, Lord, we ought to be people who give back generously, sacrificially. And one way for us to do that is through these shoe boxes. And Lord, what a joy it is to my heart to be able to see men and women from different countries who are now brothers and sisters in Christ all because of a shoe box that they received. The love that went into that shoebox, the prayers, the gifts, but also hearing the gospel for the very first time. To be able to hear these men and women praying, God, in their own language, in their own tongue. God, knowing they're praying to the same God who can hear every language and meets every need. Father, we, we know this morning people come with, with hearts that are filled with gratitude and they're being thankful for their blessings. Father, we know other people are here this morning and they're in the midst of trials and afflictions. And Father, we pray, God, that you would just have a word for each and every one of us, that you would encourage us. Um, Lord, we do have so much to be thankful for. And so speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time and let's worship together. Every 
this morning and we just uh, give thanks to you, dear God. Uh, it's a season of Thanksgiving again, which uh, in some ways seems like it came really quickly for us. And in some ways we think just how much has transpired since uh, we last gathered for, for Thanksgiving. Dear God, we've had highs in our lives. We've had lows. We've had struggles. We've had things that, that you brought us through. Dear God, but as we've sung this morning, uh, our confidence can be in you. You're unchanging. There's no more worthy of our praise, dear God. We just thank you for uh, walking us through, uh, these through these valleys of our lives, dear God, for showering your blessing on us, for all that we have to be thankful for. Dear God, we just give you praise this morning. Please sing a prayer.
Amen, amen. All right, our choir's going to make their way down, so if you'll allow them to come up, and then our kids are going to make their way out. So Children's Church, so give you about 30 seconds, as some of you got to move around here a little bit. And while they're doing that, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. What's that? You're good. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to take a one-week break from Ephesians, and then the next two Sundays in November, we'll finish out Ephesians chapter 3. Then we may take the month of December off from Ephesians, and then pick up with chapter 4 uh, in January. So, um, as I said, a little bit unique this morning as you're sitting there at, at a table across from other people. I know there might be a, little, a few more distractions this morning. You're not sitting in quite as comfortable of seats. So I've tried. Um, I thought about shortening the sermon, but I didn't do that. Somebody, so somebody say amen. amen. Thank you. Um, I did try to put in a few more illustrations and stories because and, if you're like me, you're easily distracted. And so uh, maybe, maybe that'll help. Maybe uh, it won't. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, as we think about gratitude. Rudyard Kipling was a famous British poet, made a great deal of money doing it, and he was approached uh, one day by a newspaper reporter who said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody calculated that the amount of money you make uh, equals about $100 per word that you write, $100 per word. And, and Mr. Kipling was kind of taken aback by that, and he, he was like, wow, I wasn't aware of that. So the reporter cynically reached into his pocket, pulled out a $100 bill. Some of you maybe have heard this, pulled out a $100 bill, gave it to Mr. Kipling, and said, Mr. Kipling, would you please give me one of your $100 words? So Mr. Kipling took the $100 bill, looked at it for a moment, folded it up, put it in his pocket, and said, thanks. Uh, I love it. That's good. Um, gratitude is defined as the quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. So being grateful or thankful. So this week I googled, are people less thankful today? Because it seems to me, just observing, and maybe it's just the social media world skews everything, but it just seems like people are less grateful, more cynical, complain more. And so I googled, are people more thankful today, or less thankful today? And so here are, the, here are four of the first six results that pulled up on Google. Google did not answer my question, but it showed me something else. Berkeley University, title, there are many benefits to being grateful. Harvard University, giving thanks can make you happier. University of Southern California, practicing gratitude can have profound health benefits. Forbes, seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude that will motivate you to give thanks year round. So Google did not answer my question, are people less thankful? But here's what Google did show me. Even unbelievers, even secular universities recognize the benefits of gratitude. Even lost people understand being thankful has benefits. Health benefits, mental benefits. Um, so, so here's the thing. Even, even unpeople, unbelievers realize gratitude is a good thing. But gratitude is not an easy thing. It's not always easy to be thankful. And sometimes we lose sight of this. Take, for example, 1863. Abraham Lincoln said these words. 
We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But then he said this, But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand. Then he goes on to explain how God has been gracious in blessing this country. And then he goes on to say these words, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens and every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. That was in 1863. And so since then, every year, on the last Thursday of November, we gather to give thanks. So I thought it was fitting on this morning as we're sitting at these tables and we're about to eat a Thanksgiving meal together and we're probably already being mindful of things that God has given us and how we're to be thankful that we would come to God's Word and, and understand, though... Giving thanks isn't always easy. It is the will of God for our lives. And, and, and though lost people understand the benefits of it, the main reason we are to be grateful people is not because of the benefits of it, but because God commands it. And we want to be obedient to His Word. So three things for you this morning. Number one, based upon our verse, gratitude is commanded. Now, I'm not going to have you stand again because that's a little bit difficult this morning. Usually I have you stand when I read. But I want to read verse 16, 17, 18, and 19. But we're just going to focus on verse 18. Paul lists a series of imperative commands here. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. And notice the constant language that he gives, the continual language. Rejoice always rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you and then he says in verse 19 do not quench the spirit right we are not to quench the spirit of god but i think one thing paul's arguing is when you fail to rejoice always when you fail to pray without ceasing and when you fail to give thanks in all circumstances a result of that is you're going to quench the spirit of god inside of you we can become ungrateful, bitter people when we fail to do this. So Paul, number one, is commanding gratitude. He writes, give thanks. The Greek word is eucharisteo. It simply means to be thankful. This word appears in the imperative form, which means it is a command. Right? This is not Paul's advice. This is not Paul's opinion. This is not his recommendation. This is not his two cents. This is the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit, saying to us, we are commanded as Christians to give thanks. God's Word is clear. Thanksgiving and gratitude are commanded and expected of Christians. Just some scripture for you. Psalm 69, 30. I will praise the name of God with the song. I will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Psalm 118, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, says, Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We are commanded to be grateful people, to be thankful people. Paul says in Colossians 2, abounding, overflowing with thanksgiving. So in a few minutes... We're going to eat together. 
and, and you're going to go through the line, and I hope every single one of you will stay. And if some of you can't stay, we still want you to take some food with you. And we're going to eat, and we're going to celebrate. And as you go through that line, there's going to be many choices for you to choose from. And, and, and you're going to come to a table that's going to have the turkey, the dressing, and the gravy. Now, some of you, when you come to the gravy, you're just going to skip the gravy altogether. And though I love you, I do not respect you if you skip the gravy. <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of. Some of you will not get gravy at all, and I don't know what's wrong with you. Some of you will get a little gravy. Now, I may not get as much today because I'm going to be generous, and I don't want to take all the gravy, but if it was just me, I would dump gravy onto my plate over everything so that it's literally overflowing. That is a picture of you and I. We aren't to have a little gratitude, some gratitude, skip the gratitude altogether. You and I, because of Christ, because of the hope that we have, are to be overflowing. So that when somebody describes you, one description should be they're thankful, they're grateful, they're appreciative of all that God has done for them. So gratitude is commanded. This is a matter of obedience, and we're going to get there in a few minutes. This is a matter of obedience. But there's a second point I want to give to you, and that is this. Gratitude is to be expressed in all circumstances. Not only are we commanded to give thanks... But Paul says we are to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I would prefer, personally, for this to say give thanks in most things. Or to give thanks for the good things. But that's not what God says to us, is it? God says we are to give thanks in all circumstances. And that word all means all. So that means, church family, we are to be grateful for the blessings. Amen? Grateful for the blessings, family, friends, a job, our health, our freedom, our church family, our house, our clothes, our food, just material things that God has given us, right? We are to give thanks. Who are we giving thanks to? Well, certainly we say thank you to other people, but the context here is we are to give thanks to who? To God. God is the giver of all of these gifts, and so we give thanks to God. He is the recipient Church, when we talk about being thankful, even for the blessings, so often it's about perspective. Because as human beings, as sinners, sometimes we have a tendency to focus on the negative, what we don't have, or the things we don't like, rather than focusing on what God has done for us and focusing on the positive. So let me just give you uh, a small maybe even silly to some of you, illustration from my own life where, where in my own heart, perspective determines how I look at things. So I love to eat, but I despise dirty dishes. I don't like dirty dishes. Now listen, if I come into your house, I don't care if your dishes are dirty. But in my house, I despise them. I don't like them. So pastor, that's silly. Now, some of you, a few of you in this room can relate to what I'm about to say. Some of you are going to think I'm out of my mind, and that's okay. There are times, because of my OCD personality, that when I'm sitting down to enjoy dinner, Ryan can testify to this, just don't say amen out loud. <laughs> Ryan can testify, there are times I can't enjoy my meal, because all I'm thinking about are the dirty dishes, because I hate them. It, it's, it's the OCD personality in me. I blame my mama for that. Um... <laughs> I love you, Mom. I know you're watching, but um, I just, I can't. And so I came across a poem several years ago that has helped me, though I still struggle. And some of you can relate to this. This is the poem. Thank God for dirty dishes. They have a tale to tell. While others may go hungry, 
we've eaten very well. So those dirty dishes to me shouldn't be a frustration, but rather, God, thank you that we were able to eat. The poem goes on to say, with home, health, and happiness, I shouldn't want to fuss by the stack of evidence. God's been very good to us. I want to challenge you over these next couple weeks to take a detailed inventory of your life and to see just how good God has been to you. The evidence is overwhelming of God's goodness and of God's grace, and we are to be people who are to be quick to praise God for those blessings, even when it may not be exactly the way we would want it to be. Secondly, we are to be grateful, and we're going to get into the spiritual blessings. We are to be grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ. We are to be thankful this morning and going forward for the salvation that we have through Jesus Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Colossians 1, 20, And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood. I read Colossians 2 earlier that talks about abounding in thanksgiving, but listen to what it says before that, beginning of verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. Let's just be honest and real with one another right now. Because some of you, maybe you're visiting, you don't attend Northside, maybe somebody invited you, and you find yourself this morning just being ungrateful, unthankful, bitter about the things of your past. And so here's what I want to propose to you. Could it be that the reason you find yourself in that state this morning is because you have never received Christ Jesus the Lord? Could it be the reason you're struggling is because you have never given your life to Jesus? You have never declared Him to be Lord and Savior of your life. So all you know is the physical, temporal things, which are wonderful, but as we all know, they come and go. Up and down here, and they're gone. So could it be that you have never received Christ Jesus the Lord, and therefore you are not abounding in thanksgiving? And so if you've never given your life to Jesus, never confessed your sins, never repented of your sins, never declared Jesus to be Savior and Lord of your life, at the end of the message, we're going to have what we call a time of invitation. And I'm going to be over here in the corner because there's not a lot of room up front. But I'm going to be over here, and you're going to stand, and we're going to sing. And during that time, I don't care how hard it is, how many chairs you've got to climb over, if you've never given your life to Jesus, will you come take me by the hand and say, I need Jesus to save me this morning. I need the blood of Jesus to cover my Sin. So we are to be grateful for the spiritual blessings, the blood, and all that comes with that through Jesus Christ, our salvation. But then I also want to point out to you that we are to be grateful for the trials. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. That all circumstances certainly, certainly includes the blessings, but it also must include the trials. I came across this week as I was Googling Lifeway Research, um, had done something a couple years ago. They just simply asked people, what are you thankful for? And they listed a bunch of options. And here are the, the ones that were chosen most often. Family, 84%. Health, 69%. Friends, memories, personal freedom. Do you know what wasn't an option to choose from? And even if it was an option, I don't know anybody who would have chosen it. Trials. Suffering, afflictions. I mean, really, if we were to start listing what are we thankful for, trials would be at the very bottom of our list. And yet, we are called to give thanks in all circumstances. Really important distinction here. 
It does not say for all circumstances. We, through Jesus Christ, through the Spirit of God transforming us, should be able to give thanks in all circumstances, but that doesn't mean we're going to be thankful for the trouble itself. I've never met a person, and several of you are going through this right now, who a doctor looked at them and said, you have cancer, who said, yes, I've been waiting for this. I'm so excited that, you find, that I finally got cancer. Nobody would do that. I've been to many funerals. I've done funerals. I've never met one person standing at the casket who said, thank you, Jesus, that this person is dead. And if they did say that, that's an indication they didn't have a good relationship with him. Nobody celebrates the death of a loved one. And so when he says give thanks in all circumstances, he is not saying you're necessarily thankful for them. But he is saying even in the midst of them, somehow, some way, you ought to be able to say, God, you're still good. And I'm still thankful for you and all that you've done for me. Listen to this poem. We thank him for sun. Do you thank him for rain? We thank him for joy. Do we thank him for pain? We thank him for gains. Do we thank him for losses? We thank him for blessings. Do we thank him for crosses? Let me, let me just to speak to you for a moment and, and remind you of another reason why we need each other as the family of God and why you need a body of believers that you call family. Because every single one of us at some point in this room is going to go through a trial. You're going to go through suffering. And the last thing you need from somebody else is to come up to you and say something like this, I know what you're feeling. Listen, that's never helpful. To say, I know what you feel. It's never helpful to say, I've been there, I've gone through it, because everything, every circumstance is different. But you know what is helpful? And here's what every single one of us need to be reminded of. is in the midst of your suffering for somebody else very lovingly to come along and say, hey, I've been through my fair share of sufferings, and here's what I've learned. God's still good. He's still good. And you, even in the midst of this, can still give Him thanks. Now listen, I've shared this before. And I pray God's going to leave me here as your pastor for a long, long time. I don't know why God in His sovereignty and in His providence in my life has spared Ryan and I from any real tragedy and difficulties in our life. Ryan's parents are here this morning. My parents are still living. They're healthy. My siblings, Ryan's siblings, right? Though maybe they're not all healthy. They're still alive. We've lost grandparents. But other than that, we've never lost a job. Even in the churches that I've been in have been easy compared to what other pastors have gone through. So, so here's the thing. There's going to be a time, if God leaves me here long enough, and I pray He will, that for the first time in my life, I'm going to really walk through a trial. You know what I'm going to need you to remind me? Pastor, God's still good. All those years you preached of His goodness and His grace, none of that changes now that you're walking through the hardest thing you've ever gone through in your life. And that's what we need each other for. Because we're going to go through those, and we're to give thanks in those, and we've got to hold each other up and remind each other God is still good. All right, so now we come to point number three. So ladies who, Robin asked, you may go. Everyone else, just take a moment, stretch your arms. Because we're going to come in to a really, really important and last point that I really want to drive home. And I know some of you are hungry and you're ready to eat, but I need you to stay locked in for a few more minutes. Here's the third point. Gratitude is a mark of a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Gratitude is a mark of a follower of Jesus Christ. Why are we to give thanks in all circumstances? God tells us, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is the will of God for your life as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, that you give thanks in all circumstances. So here's what that means. If you, and I'm going to be blunt, if you, as a follower of Christ, your heart is not overflowing with gratitude this morning, you are living in disobedience to God's Word. It is the will of God that we give thanks in all circumstances. And if we're not doing that, then we are being disobedient and rebelling against God's Word for our life. Ingratitude is a mark of worldliness. Ingratitude is a mark of an unbeliever. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 1.21. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. He's describing a lost world. Lost people, though they may even say there is a God, they don't acknowledge Him, they don't give thanks to Him, and they become futile in their thinking. Ingratitude is the mark of an unbeliever. Gratitude, however, is a mark of a growing Christian. Someone who is following Christ is going to be growing in gratitude. Gratitude is a real test of your character. Let's think about a baby for a moment. Everyone in here, you've either held a baby because it was your own baby or a sibling had a baby if you don't have kids and, and you've, you've held that baby, you have fed that baby, you have changed that baby, you have walked and paced the floor with that baby, you have given that baby, you do everything for that baby. And they're crying and they're fussy and you finally get them to calm down. When you put that baby in that crib, how many of your babies looked up at you and said, much obliged? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being up with me for three hours as I wasn't feeling good. Thank you. They don't do that because they can't communicate for one. And two, they're just ungrateful. They don't know better. <laughs> right? Now, now, it's just not babies. Let's continue. You got a three, four, five-year-old. They've matured. They can do some things for themselves. But you and I have to teach them to be thankful. You have to teach them. Say thank you. Say thank you. If they just gave you that toy, say thank you. Like, your teacher just helped you. Say thank you. Like, over and over, you have to remind them to say thank, to say thank you. Now, it, it's, it's, it's funny. It's cute when they're a baby. We know that. But here's the deal. When you become an adult, you ought to know by the time you're an adult to say thank you. Like that shouldn't be something your mom's got to call you up when you're 40 years old and say, hey, you saying thank you? Are you, you being grateful? Or you ought to know better. So here's the point. Some of you this morning, in Christ, you are just babes. You are spiritual infants. You have not been following Jesus very long. You grew up in a certain way, in a certain environment. You're dealing with your sin, and now you've come to God through Jesus Christ, and you have to learn to be thankful and grateful. And it's okay. We get that. Our job is to help you grow. But listen, there are some of us as Christians who have been Christians way too long, and it's time we grow up. It's time we grow up. We have to be more grateful. We have to be more thankful. We can't be bitter any longer. Look, some of you have been saved for 25 or 30 years, and there's something in your past that you won't let go. you got to grow up. you got to mature in your faith. You're not the only one, but sometimes we got to hear the hard truth. we got to grow up. 
And you need somebody who's going to come alongside of you and say, hey, I love you, but it's time we grow up. It's okay when you're a baby, but you're now 25 years following Jesus. we we got to grow up. And so following Jesus is a mark of a growing Christian. Augustine writes, Lord, command what you will, but give what you command. Command what you will, but give what you command. God gives us, hear me, this is really important. God gives us the ability to do what He commands. God is not asking us to do an easy thing here. Give thanks in all circumstances. That is impossible for you. But God will not ask you to do something that He will not then provide you the strength to do. So when he says give thanks in all circumstances, what he's saying is, I'm also going to give you the Holy Spirit who will enable you to do that. Therefore, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. We're going to get there eventually when we get to Ephesians chapter 5. But listen to this. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Your life should not be marked by these things, but rather by thanksgiving. And we can do that through the Spirit of God. Alistair Begg says, The exhortations of the Bible are never there without the enabling of the Bible also. So when God says, In the midst of your suffering, you are still to give thanks, He is also saying, I will enable you to give thanks. So, gratitude is the mark of a growing Christian. And and lastly, and then I'm going to give you a, a closing illustration, gratitude is the mark of a giving Christian. It's the height of ingratitude when a loving, giving God has so richly blessed us that we then say, I'm not willing to give back. I'm not willing to be generous to other people. It's the height of ingratitude. Everything you have is a gift from God. Scripture's clear on that. And therefore, if you are a grateful Christian, you are going to be a giving Christian. You're going to want to give to help other people. Uh, Here's another poem. Someone as well said, not a poem. Thanksgiving, to be truly thanksgiving, is first thanks, then giving. You can give without being thankful, but you cannot be thankful without giving. You can give without being thankful, but you cannot be thankful without giving. Here's the poem. Someone wrote, Must I keep on giving again and again? Oh no, said the angel, and his glance pierced me through. Just give until the master stops giving to you. We're to be a growing Christian in our gratitude. We're to be a giving Christian because God commands it. H.B. Charles Jr. is a pastor in Jacksonville, Florida. And and I read uh, the story he tells about a woman he knew who would show up to church week after week after week. And she would pray this simple prayer. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. She prayed that week after week after week. It is the only prayer she ever prayed. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. It got to be so repetitive that people in the church began to notice. Little kids began to laugh every time because they knew verbatim, word for word, what she was going to say. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Eventually, one of the ladies in the church walked up to her and said, Ma'am, can you tell me why every single time for years you simply pray, Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus? Here was her answer. She said, I live in a bad neighborhood. Me and my daughter. 
She said, there are many nights you can hear the bullets outside. She said, we gather in the room and I hold my daughter and all I know to pray is, oh Lord. From the depths of my heart, I just cry out over and over, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. And then morning comes. And my daughter is safe and I am safe and I simply pray, thank you, Jesus. She said, I go to that bus stop every morning. And I watch my daughter walk up those steps. And I know we live in a dangerous part of town, and I don't know if my daughter's coming home safely, so every morning when I watch her go up those steps, I simply pray, Oh, Lord. And then when she gets home at 3 o'clock and she walks down those steps, I simply say, Thank you, Jesus. She said, when I come to church Sunday after Sunday, my heart overflowing with gratitude, all I know how to pray is, Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love the simplicity of that woman's prayer. Hear me as we close. Some of you this morning, you're in a position where you are smack dab in the middle of a trial and of suffering. You are dealing with cancer or you're dealing with a financial situation or you're dealing with failing health or you're dealing with difficulty among your children and you're losing sleep at night over your children and you've got these decisions to make and you are right in the middle of suffering. Hear me, even in that, will you just simply pray, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, You are Lord, you are God, I trust you, and I will give thanks, even in this, oh Lord. Now some of you have just come out of a trial. You're on the tail end of that battle with cancer, or you just got that promotion, or your financial situation just became a little more stable, or somebody you've been praying for just gave their life to Jesus, that that wayward son just came back home to the Father, right? And you're in a position where you've walked through the thank, you've walked through the, oh Lord, and now this morning, your declaration is simply, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hear me. May that be our prayer this morning. Oh Lord, thank you Jesus. So here's the question for you before I pray. Will we, this Thanksgiving season leading into the Christmas season, will we be men and women who are marked by gratitude, which means we are men and women who are being obedient to the Word of God. Will you, will I, be people who are going to be obedient to the word and the will of God, which in our text this morning is that we would give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Will you close your eyes and bow your heads? In just a moment, we're going to to sing together a, a song. And, and during this, Lord, I, I, just, I just want you just to express your gratitude to the Lord our God as we sing. That we would just, in our minds as we're singing these words, just say, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And even maybe as you're singing these words, just let, let that thanksgiving overflow as you begin to list the things that God has blessed you with. For some of you, but you're in a, you're in a trial. You're, you're in those dark nights of the soul. And as we sing, will you just simply cry out, O Lord, I'm surrendering, O Lord, O Lord, O Lord. And turn to the God who is, who was, and who will ever be.
Will you turn to him? And if you have never received Christ Jesus the Lord, will you just give your life and your heart to Jesus right now? Will you be saved? Father God, our Lord, sovereign creator and the sustainer of the universe, it is to you that we are about to sing. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you for every good gift that we have that comes for you, from you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the will of God that you have for our life. The will and the plan. Oh God, enable your people through the work of the Spirit this morning to be able to be obedient to the text that we looked at, to give thanks in every and all circumstances, for this is your will for our lives. May we be obedient. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand, let's worship together.
Express our thanks to God this morning. Thank you, praise team. All right, you may be seated. So here's what we're going to do. Ryan is the deacon of the week, so he's going to come and pray for us and, and end our time of worship together. And when he's done praying, I will give some instructions, and then it's going to be time to eat. So he's going to go ahead and bless, ask the Lord to bless the food and give thanks for that as well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us time to gather together in your house, Lord. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for, Lord, that you've given us your son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior, that you have richly blessed us in all things, Lord. Lord, we just need to return that thanks to you, Lord. Just pour it out just to be giving people, to be a loving people in all we do. Lord, thank you for this meal that you've provided for us. That I ask that you bless it to our bodies and us to your service. Jesus' name. 